We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kinda dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls and talk some D and D with the cave trolls. Yeah, there we go. Hey, there we go. Now we're the Cave Trolls podcast and we're recording. Look at that. Yay. Yeah, everything works out. If you don't know, this is the Cave Trolls podcast, the only podcast where you can get all of your TTRPG news um, and sometimes other stuff. Sometimes we talk about other things. There's a, a smoky storm cloud crossing the the Northeast and Midwest right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, we can't go outside or breathe the air. But other than that, everything's fine, right? Yeah, peachy keen. Yeah, yeah it's definitely it, peachy keen. It's all wonderful. Uh, I didn't know about the storm until I was on a field trip with my kids yesterday, and someone was like, "Yeah, so they're not letting them have outdoor recess," and I was like, "Oh, why?" And they're like, "You dummy!" Because of you know <laughs> all the wildfires. I was like, "Listen, I've been on a bus with children back to back all day." To be fair, it, in Michigan, it doesn't look like it does in New York. Like you, you see those Twitter pictures or on TikTok or wherever you've seen them that it looks like doomsday or like a sandstorm or something Word. in New York City. It does not look like that in Michigan. It just it's a clear day. Like I was checking the weather before I was set to like go on like a nice like hour, hour and a half walk. And then it, my phone was like, don't do that. Yes. You could die. Yeah, the and air like, quality is oh. still not good. We just don't see it as well. Yeah. Yeah, we just don't see it. So I haven't been spending any time outdoors, which is sad because I have access to a pool right now. And I was looking forward to going swimming, but I guess not. Well, Thanks if you go underwater, you're fine. You're not oh, going to yeah, breathe down Oh, yeah, spend the there. entire time underwater. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I should just do that. Exactly. I just just sure day. Sure day. Just don't breathe. Oh, oh my too. god! I cannot believe I didn't think of that. Thank you so much, guys. My therapist yeah. says that doesn't solve all your problems, and sometimes, you know, those intrusive <laughs> thoughts say that I disagree. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. but yeah, like the, the it still it looks nice outside. So there's that, mm-hmm. and also in my defense, I watch the news in the evening, so I would have found out about it. That you would have found out about it after you had been outside <laughs> <laughs> for a prolonged period of time. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, anyways, my name is Terry Smith, and with me, as always, are my faithful co-host, Sharday, one half of the Slavenly Trolls. How you doing? Great. Like Tony the Tiger. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly like Tony the Tiger. Ascot and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't an ascot. It was a, more like a bandana. It's more like a bandana. Yeah, right? like, like a hybrid bandana ascot. There you go. Like, not quite uh, Fred from Scooby-Doo. Yeah, um, not, nobody can be that dapper, let's be honest. No, no. Uh, and the other half of the Slavenly Trolls, Lissa, how you doing? I am doing well. Thank you for asking. You're <laughs> welcome. Uh, thank you for being amenable. For the people at home, we're recording this a day late because of impromptu weather and children's museums being opened up to kids so the teachers don't have to teach the last two weeks of school, and I can definitely relate to that. So you get an extra day's worth of news this week, and so let's just jump right into it. One page RPG collection, the most tabletop games per square centimeter, squeezes 10 games onto a single sheet of A4 paper. And for those who aren't into printing a lot of paper, A4 is like letterhead. It's like like the normal stuff. Like if you were to go grab a sheet of paper out of your printer right now, it's probably that. Uh, I realize that not everybody knows the dumb uh, labels. I draw on A3 paper. Well, because I'm cool a, like that. A four, A four is a standard in the UK. 
Okay, okay. So, so some people use it. Some people so, know. Some people, yeah. I mean, A4 is the, the standard in most places. <laughs> the well, normal I mean, places. The good places, well, you could call them. I mean, 8.5 by 11 is just what I use. I don't know if that has an A classification of anything, but I know it's it's definitely shorter. Yeah, it's it's like A4, A4 but we but again because we live in America and we got to be special. It's like uh, they call it US A4 or US letter, I think. Um, and it's it's oh, just the same. It's the same thing as A4, oh. but literally like barely, just like twenty it's millimeters shorter. smaller. Yeah, because I bought. I only know the diff that there is a distinct difference is because I printed character sheets like D and D character sheets on A4 in the UK. And then I printed them again on U.S. paper, and one of them just had slightly more space word, on the word. top. That's just us, like like you said, like it's yeah, like it's labeled A4. It is a standard, like everywhere. Yeah. And then you get to America, and we're like, nah, we're not doing that. No. U.S. Like letterhead. <laughs> I don't know. I don't use any of that shit. Like all the comic books are also dumb. So like, cause they're yeah. like comic book Western sizes are different than every other comic book sizes. It's all stupid. It's all contrary. <laughs> yes. Uh, but this story comes from Matt Jarvis over at Dicebreaker. A new collection of tabletop RPGs hopes to set a world record for the most playable games squeezed onto a single sheet of paper. The fittingly titled "The Most Tabletop Games Per Square Centimeter" features ten games created by designer. Andrew J. Young, ranging from the Lord of the Rings-inspired sci-fi pastiche Who Gave the Halflings a Ray Gun, to other whimsical titles such as Fur and Loafing in Las Vegas, There Are 100 Zombies, and How to Escape from Hell with Only Your Smartphone. Um, it's exactly what it sounds like. All the rules uh, fit together on this one single sheet of paper. I got the link here. Go pick it up. It's like five bucks. Like It's uh, extremely cheap. And like uh, when it comes to space saving, like you can't beat it. Like, you don't have to put that whole book on your shelf. I'm probably going to lose my copy because uh, it's a single sheet of paper, which is the goal. I'm also concerned at how uh how tiny the font is because like i'm already blind so how much do i have to squint to i'm pretty sure it's double-sided okay well that's something that's good that's good that's good like I, reason, I was thinking it was just one sided it might be you might be right i haven't printed it yet but uh let's uh let's find out eh? let's find out in real time um Okay, yeah, it's a little small. It's a little small. So. Oh, no. <laughs> Just take out your magnifying glass, you know? Oh, yes, my magnifying glass that I definitely have. Just use the PDF yeah. version. What year is this? Yeah. Um, That's a great question. I don't know anymore. <laughs> and also... If we're, talking, if we're talking about short A, she's not in the modern times, so, like, what? she has she has a magnifying glass. I have no comment. And, uh... I am in. I am a modern ass bitch. What are you talking about? Your paper and pen games. Oh well, yeah. For D and D, I refuse to use a tablet or a computer. Yeah, that's true. When it comes to TTRPGs, I am very old school for some reason. And what are we talking about today? Not TTRPGs um, with your magnifying glass. Nope, mm -mm. Well, I don't have a magnifying glass when I'm playing TTRPGs. Well, I think you should get one. I think it's time. Well, I think, listen, my birthday is coming up, Lisa. If you want to buy me a really nice magnifying glass, I'm not going to stop you. I think it'll go really well with your um your 
what was that your letter no envelope uh wax seal yeah yeah your wax seal aesthetic <laughs> i think the magnifying glass and your wax seal kind of go together hand in hand Listen, so really break, it's just don't missing break the boys into this yeah i don't i don't yeah have to do i have many wax seals no magnifying glass in yeah. sight near that um Thank you, Terry. <laughs> that, you're welcome. I, I wasn't trying to defend you. I just like stating facts uh, where I look at my my wax seal douchiness. I don't have any that. magnifying glass next to him. I think we just established that Terry and I are huge douchebags. I listen. Why do I keep getting like, listen? When something's good, I'm left out of it. When it's bad, I'm right no, no, there no. in the shit. This is calling both of us douchebags. Essentially, I'm also a douchebag in this scenario. Uh, I do not come out good. I am the very model of a model modern major general um ah, mm, mm-hmm. i wanted to say it since we were talking about like you being a modern woman a few minutes ago but i couldn't I, we, we were laughing about too many things and i only, i have six interruptions listed here and if i go over that it's a problem so <laughs> <laughs> then i'm just being extremely rude to my co-host and i try not to do that uh and having lists definitely has nothing to do with the fact that i'm uh, neurospicy that's everybody has those lists for what they do in conversation you all know that you're all just lying to yourselves um (laughs) moving on uh i do recommend those games though by the way like i said it's five bucks it's a sheet of paper and even though it's about centimeters and a4 paper you can print it on u.s letterhead it'll work just fine um i adjusted my uh my printer and did it it works Anyways, moving on, Kiwi RPG returns with Ducks, Doomed Men, and D&D meets Quantum Leap during week-long celebration of uh, Aotearoa, uh, New Zealand's tabletop creators. I can't pronounce that, so I apologize uh, uh, profusely. Uh, with I know it's incorrect. I was going to say if it's incorrect. It's definitely incorrect. I'm not quite sure how Aotearoa. to pronounce it. Aotearoa. Aotearoa? Listen, you said it. I didn't say it. Uh, <laughs> uh, the week-long event, also known as the the Kimu Wakatao. Well, maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe. All right. Uh, please let me know how to pronounce it. I would appreciate it. Uh, which recognizes creators in and around New Zealand's role-playing scene. First ran last summer, having emerged out of a Discord server and a community under the same banner, founded in 2021. Uh, like last year, Kiwi RPG 2023 will combine the launch of new games, offers, and announcements around existing titles and live actual play sessions and workshops from June 10th to June 18th. And I know what you're thinking, Terry, this does not sound like the bits and bobs section where you list all of the games and supplements that you can buy right now. Sure. But they're launching 10 new games that are making their debut at this festival. Um, some of the ones that which you listed, uh, uh, duck quest, um <laughs> also known as D D and Ducks. Um Dungeon Leap. Uh I, there's a few other ones, but you can go check out Dicebreaker's article from Matt Jarvis. I'll have a link to that article as well as the actual festival. If you want to go check it out, there's lots of cool shit over there. Go support it. Um I'm not gonna go there, but I will be supporting digitally. <laughs> You don't I, want to take a trip to uh, New Zealand? I do want to take a trip to New Zealand. It's on the list, but I cannot take a trip to New Zealand. Two very, very different things. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other games uh, to, to spotlight. There's so many. I don't know which one to pick. I don't want to show favorites. Um, <laughs> but yeah, go check it out. They're really, really cool. All like uh, very indie sounding. 
games, nothing that you're going to go, oh, but I already have D&D. Like, you don't have these. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't have D&D and Ducks, okay? We don't have <laughs> D&D and Ducks at home. Uh, next up, man, Dicebreaker's getting a lot of love this week. I went through a lot of, like, disparate new games, and they're all links to Dicebreaker. So uh, thank you, Matt Jarvis, for doing all the heavy lifting on this show. Um, in lieu of a check, I will draw you a picture of a spider, and uh, I hope you appreciate Terry, it. Terry, don't we... That we use dice breaker for most things. I always, always check there. I always check there, and they get a lot of articles. But I always try to slip like other ones in there. Um, but this week it is almost completely dice breaker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I have one CBR article, and then a couple of like games from the community that like reached out. Yeah, there's like one comic book article. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah, the, this week the. <laughs> While they, they often do a lot of the work, this week they're doing all the work. So thank you very much. <laughs> uh, this one, turn normal playing cards into stunning and demonic art in incredible looking solo RPG, Wreck This Deck. Uh, we talk a lot about solo RPGs on the show and how they kind of fit into the same categories. You're either journaling, using a deck of cards, or a combination of both. Um, with a few twists here and there, this one uh, specifically is a little bit off the wall. An indie RPG that tasks players with transforming a standard deck of playing cards into a unique art project, sealing demons into them as they go. And it's launched a crowdfunding campaign for a physical release. Designer Becky Anderson's Wreck This Deck is a single-player journaling RPG that puts the players in uh, the role of a deck runner, a demonologist who must trap demons in playing cards. In order to contain the demons in their deck, the lone player must craft and deface their cards as instructed by the game. Game. prompts might see the player simply scribbling on a card or paint it uh through to more extreme uh alterations such as sewing things into it burning it or tearing it or something else there's a couple of like um dripping wax on it and then doing things to the wax uh the sewing one was like really intricate like you got to rip it apart and then you sew it back together in like a different order Ooh, um, i love that i know the game looks so fucking rad <laughs> um it's going to be a new party game for me for sure so go back it i have uh the link to like the kickstarter as well as this article if you want to read a little bit more um but i'm really excited for it i'm trying to grab pricing right now give me a moment um the the backer kit's gonna launch on june 29th so you have lots of time if you're listening to this at a normal time when we release it if you're like going through our backlog go buy this somewhere um <laughs> Let's see, let's see what it costs to back it. You can get the PDF version for ten pounds, uh, fifteen for uh, print and the PDF. The retailer version, ten pounds, um, and then you can get like the full art print with like a zine attached to it for fifty. Um, and so, and like it, you know, you, you can buy a standard fifty-two card deck from fucking any place, so you're not gonna be missing out very much, I think, in my opinion, if you go with the PDF version. Uh, but support it if you can; it's really cool. I'm super duper excited for it. If I don't get my goddamn backer kit because somebody didn't back this, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure they already hit their goal. Like, it a really small goal it was like a thousand uh, or something like that, and they already hit five thousand. But I stand by it. Okay, okay. <laughs> even before I saw that number, <laughs> it would have been really 10, bad. Ten thousand. God damn it. Hey, <laughs> I, seriously though, I I love like this is such a like a a cool take on the game, and I love like the artsy fartsy ones. I love the deface the game to play it uh, i play a lot of the legacy board games which you like tatted up with stickers and stuff 
Um, the replayability is there with a small price tag, obviously. Like, you're going to deface this deck of cards. But I have specific deck of cards I buy just to throw. Um, I have, like, uh, uh, some decks of cards that don't even have anything printed on it. It's just that same type of material. So, in my opinion, I think this is going to be a really fun one. Because I don't mind defacing 52-card decks. But if they're sacred to you, I apologize. Uh, this is going to... It's gonna break some some taboos. Um, I don't think they're sacred to anybody. Do you know anybody that's like, oh, don't be careful with my fifty-two card deck? I mean, unless it's like a really nice fifty-two sure. card deck, I sure. do have like a nice. Um, it's like they're black cards with go- gold foil. Yeah, yeah. Like the, that's like that's my go-to like RP playing card deck really mm-hmm. that I use. So I would be upset if somebody faced that, but not like a. You just pick it up at like a dollar tree or a pound land or something and just like, <laughs> like face it. Like that's no. Like if it's a nice card deck, I get it. But like if it's just your average run of the mill card deck, like nah. I just try not to like make the generalizations because like there are some things like if somebody hurt my yo yo, they'd be like, who cares? It's a yo yo. I'm like, that's a hundred dollar yo yo, you son of a bitch. No, <laughs> <laughs> <You> no. <don't know. laughs> I mean, you can also you can also just get the PDF, print them out yourself. I'm assuming Ooh. they have the card and then yeah. like m- print them on like bad not i'm saying i'm not saying bad paper but like a questionable paper. paper paper that you can rip up you know tear to shreds burn yeah. wax you know stitch Word. do all of the above and then you'd still be able to print more you know i will say like my standard 52 card deck uh a lot easier to sew together than a piece of a4 paper <laughs> yeah it would definitely make sewing you would need to like do like print it out on paper and then somehow like laminate it if you have a laminator or access to a laminator and then that would be a bit easier to sew i would not recommend burning lamination, lamination. that's uh that's <laughs> listen uh let's have a conversation about carcinogens again uh, like we did to open the show, because uh, the air quality is going to go down in your domicile very quickly if you start burning laminated paper. Um, anyways. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, I don't live there. Do what you want. I'm not your mom. Um, far be it for me to tell you what to do. Uh, Lissa had pointed out that we talked a little bit about this, but it's a cool-ass game. Next up, Veil of the Void, uh, Egadrasil, a sci-fi Norse TTRPG expansion. Egadrasil is an expansion to Veil of the Void that brings 350-plus pages of new sci-fi Norse-inspired content to use in your storytelling. Now, 350-plus pages is not an expansion. That's a new fucking game. <laughs> like, that yeah, is that is huge. Um, uh, go back this if you can. It's only at $2,000 out of its $8,000 goal, which is... Uh, like it's a it's a lofty goal sure for a lot of like indie kickstarters but this is a huge ass book this is a tome uh 350 plus pages for uh, a big ass rule book like you don't understand what that is that's like, if you own the original print uh version of pathfinder or pathfinder 2e or call of cthulhu mm-hmm. like like D splits their books up into three uh things so it's like oh it's not that big but that's a gigantic book if you have it on your shelf mm-hmm. that's an encyclopedia if you're a uh, hundred like we are um but yeah go check this out they have uh new classes new threats obviously uh combo abilities specializations if you're if you're looking for new uh class additions uh they i think you can get the full pdf package for 20 but my page won't load uh, PDF package pledge twenty or more. Thank Copies you. Of thank you. Veil of the Void Reforged PDF and 
and yeah, and the new expansion PD app, as well as any digital rewards unlocked. Oh, you get both. Yeah, looks like it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. That's so a really good deal. It was a great <laughs> yeah. deal. And go, go. Yeah. This is this is the one that's the uh, sort of Viking uh, yeah. Norwegian uh, Ragnarok themed with sci-fi Word. mixed in. So unique, which is very so cool. cool. It's it's awesome. Uh, Veil of the Void uh, itself is is definitely worth it. So if you can do this like combo pack, I, I highly recommend it. Um, I is it also compatible with Pathfinder? It I don't see anything about that. It looks like its own system, but I could be wrong. I don't see. I could literally just do a control F of the page if it would let me. I have so many games. I'm like looking at no. like the original one. Oh my god, it hasn't it hasn't really even been fully played. Um, I'm looking at uh, some of their other stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, man. Like I, I highly recommend it, but I I will be a hypocrite and say like, well, it's still sitting, but not because it's not awesome, but because uh, it's got a lot of games to play. They got a lot of shit going on. Yeah, there are on. too many TTRPGs to play still. So. And and I know we talk about the art all the time. The art is amazing in this, and if you yeah. like like God of War or Destiny, it has a lot mm-hmm. of Destiny vibes. Um, mm-hmm. with in my opinion, cooler lore. I, I don't uh i don't mean to throw shade not that destiny lore is bad uh i think lore is one of the things that they do well in that game but uh the lore in this is a little bit cooler so if you want a little bit uh of norse mythology in your destiny highly recommend uh veil of the void and this new expansion is definitely worth it i just i still can't believe it. like i'm looking at the size of it it's fucking gigantic it's huge <laughs> oh man anyways yeah go check that shit out um moving on i feel like i'm like just saying the same thing over and over again give them your money you won't give us the, your money but give them your money uh they yeah. deserve it um next up we have knight will you ride in a legend uh it's almost at its goal two thousand out of its three thousand dollar goal uh hail and well met knight is a tabletop storytelling and role-playing game where you and your friends get to live out your knighty chivalric fantasy with your friends um it is inspired by welsh myth the legends of king arthur the king arthur pendragon by chaosium into the odd uh forged in the dark a microscope all good uh inspirations i've played all of those they're all dope um in this game you are a knight though exactly what sort of knight is up to you perhaps you're valorous uh skilled with lance or a master of occult lore perhaps you're a manipulator of the courts spies whispering secrets in your ear or a battlefield commander ready to protect the realm whoever you create your knight undoes evil and protects the innocent in avalon uh what type of game it is i'm not quite sure i haven't had a chance to actually play this yet um but it's won a bunch of awards this is how it kind of got our attention it's uh being well celebrated at all of these test centers and cons uh crowd favorite at tabletop con 2023 like it's doing really good it's got great early reviews if anyone's played it let me know uh did one of you two send this over or was this part of uh one of the community drives yeah i picked this up from our twitter reach out okay. for uh work in progress wednesday i think yeah so do you know anything other than it's like a d20 system uh, not, not really. I took a quick look at it and I thought that it was super interesting and I really liked the vibes same, and same. It, it was posted in, uh, it wasn't, let me just double check on 
what was given in Twitter. Yeah, so it's like, like it's a D20 roll under, straightforward, easy to understand rules. Um, it's more about like the storytelling. So it's like there's no two hit you, you roll under and that kind of tells you how effective mm-hmm. you are and what you were trying to do. Um, but chill is the wrong word. I'd say almost like poetic. It really reminds me, did you see the recent version of The Green Knight? that they did the a24 version i I never saw it um it was really good very artsy um very poetic uh i wouldn't say it's like a fantasy epic you know it's a very chill film um but i'm getting a lot of those vibes from this uh and you can play it by yourself it's got a solo variant version so um and if you sorry go ahead lisa yeah the twitter the twitter uh post just says the award-winning knight is a storytelling and world-building role-playing game about knights and knightly houses come for the shiny armor stay for the house politics it's pen dragon it's microscope it's something special which both those games very good very similar vibes very much much more like uh we're just gonna tell a story together and we're gonna use the dice sparingly to kind of supplement the the scene um like to add some chance into it it's not so much like combat heavy uh but one of the things that i really like this if you do play it solo or if you're kind of playing desperately you can similar to like something like gloomhaven uh you can share your map and kind of go well i covered this area of it or this is where my night's from and you can kind of build it out together so if you want to do a little bit on your own and come back to the group or maybe you only play it like separately and just you and your friends mm-hmm. um, want to like share your adventures. I think it's got a pretty cool mechanic for that. It's so the, from the rules section, it says that it, it, it combines elements of into the odd with storytelling principles from powered by the apocalypse, Perry's favorite and forged <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> And it's a key difference to a D20 roll under system is that you are always effective. Right. That's one of the things that I was reading from earlier, which is like, there's no, there's no two hit. Uh, It's just, it's just how well you did, which is pretty cool. Um, But either way, like I'm excited to check it out. Uh, You can pick it up for uh, five bucks um, and get the, Let's see uh oh oh the five dollars is just the just to help the, to get the pdf you get you gotta do the squire backing which is twenty dollars but still that's not that's not that's bad at good. all yeah, that's um and then you can get a discounted pdf for 40 and uh, uh print on demand through uh drive through rpg which is not a bad program if you really want to have this on your shelf so uh, go check that out. Let us know if you play it. I'm going to be picking it up for my little solo group because I have a few friends because we're all weird that we only play like solo or um, like uh, head-to-head RPGs because it's more like storytelling than like a D&D group. Um, these are the same guys that I mm. I often play single-player games with online separately. <laughs> like we, we like, we'll be on the mic all playing different games or... Um, as they like to do, the same game that is multiplayer, but not playing together. <laughs> that is the strangest thing I've ever heard, but I can respect it. Yeah, I've listen, it was for me, too. I've done, I've done like, the uh, play different games, but you're on a call, or, sure. like, you're in the same room, or, you like, you have a tiny TV, you bring it over to your friend's house, and you play two different games, but in the same room. Right. But I've never done play the same multiplayer game, but not together. That is a new thing that I'm hearing. Yes. And like, it's, it was just as odd to me. Cause like, I don't want to do it. It's like, well, we're going to play the game. Let's play a game together. Otherwise I, yeah. I feel bad, but I'm like, I'd rather, I'd just play this game by myself, but they really enjoy it. 
but they don't like the competitiveness or the stress of being like cooperative in the game of like i'm not gonna do it right or you know or i'm gonna lose um so they would prefer to play the multiplayer game separately together (laughs) (laughs) i can respect that sometimes playing um co-op games is very stressful yeah when you play with a chaos player yeah and not everyone's as competitive and i can understand that so like not wanting to Mm -hmm. be all, all you know versus somebody else especially a game where i think a lot of those types of games where you can eliminate a player and then they're just on a call while you're finishing mm-hmm. up or something i think i can understand for other people why that would be like a frustrating aspect sure. so so yeah check check out night which just genius there's no other game just called night uh bad seo i will say like just from a marketing yeah. standpoint um so share it out but be specific share it out with the link uh <laughs> don't just be like play night I'm like okay what does that mean Next up, uh, let's see, where are we at? Oh, we're in our uh, Village Crier section. This is where we yell about the news in the center of the town. Uh, First up, Dungeons & Dragons lead designer says 2024 rulebooks will prepare the game for its next decade. So a little bit of a pullback on what they had been saying, which is we're just going to revamp the game a little bit. Uh, They're still trying to say this is the future. This is what you're going to be playing forever. But we're just not calling it D&D 6th edition or or whatever. This is just still D&D, but just D&D. It's it's like the reboot that just uses the name of the first movie. You know, this isn't Halloween. This is Halloween. uh, Quotations 2018. Uh, so yeah, so this comes from Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker and what has become a regular segment chronicling the, the development of Dungeons and Dragons next trio of core rule books, game design architect, Jeremy Crawford spoke with head of content, Todd Kenrick about preparing the popular tabletop RPG for its next decade of play. Uh, they, they have like a 13 minute video. You can go check it out, but it, a lot of, uh, I would say marketing speak. Like, there's a lot of talking yeah. in circles. Like, this is going to be the future of the game. Um, it's going to be a continuation of the same game we've been playing since 2014, but all new, all different. <laughs> like, right, but they never, like, say what's all new or all different. No. It's so <laughs> overreaching. And, like, I will say they have been pretty on top of saying this is one D&D. This is not 6th edition. This is not 5.5. Like, this is one D&D. They've been on that for probably over a year at this point. Like they've they've been, you know, pushing that home. But what I want to see at this point is I want to see specifically like more of what they're changing, which they have been doing with Unearthed Arcana. But me being the whore for lore that I am, I still want to know if they're going to fix some of the crap in their world. <laughs> like, that's what I'm curious about. And I haven't heard anything about it. So I'm annoyed. It's all mechanics. And I'm like, I don't care about that. I want to know if you're going to fix your out. That's what I want to know. It is. They're trying to do the marketing thing. The big company, uh, you know, tell the company line of, hey, we have this huge audience that's jumping into this game right now. They're going to be pissed if we hand them a new thing. But we need a new thing to draw even more new people to it. Um, and you got to serve a bunch of different masters when it comes to a tabletop RPG. You know, you have your, your lore of your world in the game. You have to have the mechanics of it and you, so it's not an, like an enviable position. I'm not saying it's a super easy job, but when you combine that with the corporate productness of it, you're, you're in a lose-lose situation. So I'm interested Mm -hmm. to see where it's going. They 
in my opinion, they need to go back to being quiet if they're just going to say shit like this. Like, I know we were all mad. Yeah. They're like, hey, you're not saying anything. But the shit that you are saying, not helpful. <laughs> no, it's just, and we're we're past this point of, like, being excited because of the, the amount of crap that's happened in the past, like, handful of months. Basically all of the year of 2023 so far for Wizards, let's be honest. Like, they have not had a good year. So why are they even bothering with this? corporate like wish-washy speech like they're gonna like do, what do they think they're gonna do like it's we're just gonna go to back to the same place that we were like last year when everybody was super even more excited about one D. no i don't think so i think they've lost a lot of trust with the community they know they have so why are they not changing up their strategy more like i i don't get it it just seems lazy like they're being real lazy yeah and they're, they're trying to not say we're going to charge you for this new product it, they're trying to have their cake and yeah. eat too because like like it says in the article here um and what they said in the video video is like people are still bu buying curse of strahd and radiant yeah. citadel the wild beyond and like we we want that to keep happening so we don't want to mm -hmm. make 5.5 or 6th edition but we want to fix the issues that we're having like we want that to keep going but we want to like you know fix the issue with like poison which is like it's key text it's normal text and it you know we have bad yeah. nomenclature we have bad lore so we want to fix that admirable. stuff admirable yeah. yeah which is that that's fine that's totally fine but like you're right they they can't have their cake and eat it too that's just not possible they're trying <laughs> i don't think they can I feel like every time they put out something like this, they lose more people that were playing 5th edition. I, I think it's go, still going to sell, like Gangbusters. People are jumping. Yeah. in. d still the name. It's still going to sell. I don't know if it's going to sell what they need it to because we've talked about it on this, this show. It's a publicly traded company, which means it always needs to increase. Um, So if you get new people, but you lose all the old people... Um, yeah. you know, you're not mm -hmm. You're eventually going to hit non-exponential growth, which is in inevitability anyways because exponential growth cannot continue forever uh but good luck telling shareholders that so who are now we understand because of that call that again happened earlier this year shareholders are aware that dnd makes a lot of money now yeah, so. yeah like they yeah, they, when, they got wind when you, yeah when they when you look at it through that lens a lot of their business decisions they make sense it's not a good excuse for like the crap that they've been doing and like this specific corporate speak like it's not an excuse but it is an explanation as to why like maybe if the shareholder call never happened they would be you know apologizing more or they would be trying to change course in how they are marketing this new edition but they're clearly not doing that because they probably just have more shareholders and more higher ups at Hasbro breathing down their neck, which is a shame and it shouldn't be happening, but it probably is. And it just it just sucks that we're just getting the same old corporate speak turnaround because of it. Because 100 percent. I think Wizards has the capability, and we've seen them before, like, engage really well with their community and, like, be a beacon for how a big, bad corporation should engage to a certain point, like, beyond, you know, being a big, bad corporation that you should never trust in the first place, but, like, still having a good relationship. But now that that's gone, it's just, it's hard to remember that at all. I I feel like with Wizards of the Coast specifically, they sort of, they don't change things unless it's too late, almost. Mm. So it's it's like they're not prepared. 
it's like they're not like pre-prepared for things coming in the future and they are slow to respond. And I understand that's something that might be because it's coming from a big corporation and it's owned by Hasbro. So, you know, like all of that taken into consideration, but you have to keep up with the times. And that's, again, an explanation, but not an ex excuse. Yeah, it doesn't make and, it a good thing. And here's the thing. So, like, yeah. just to correct you a little bit, Sade, that call didn't happen this year. That, car ha that call happened in, like, 2021. Um, it is. Yeah, that call happened a while ago. The thing is, like, we Time didn't hear about it I until later. I just... Oh, okay. That was during the pandemic, so, yeah. you know. That was Gosh, when they were like, oh, like, wow. don't worry. Well, people aren't going to theaters. They're not They're not going to see the new Transformers movie. People aren't going to stores to buy toys. Don't worry. We still have D&D. &D. We still have Magic that the even, Gathering. Yeah, that makes more sense as to why their eyes went on it. Then. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot more. Because I thought it was just coming out of left field. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time is a weird suit. The pandemic ruined my sense of time. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's even harder why, like, they're, they're trying yeah. to pivot. But there's only so much that they can pivot even if the people yeah. even if they had the power to which they don't still like doesn't matter like it's not like in five yeah. years it's all gonna be great no 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 they, they still can't pivot they still have to do and, all the corporate stuff but and going off of what lissa said too like this isn't even just a wizards of the coast problem like tsr did this shit too yeah before like, it was they, a publicly traded company <laughs> before it was a publicly traded company but when it was private when it was owned by a bunch of straight cis white dudes which is still it still is but at least like their workers are a bit more diverse but back in like the 70s 80s like mid 90s they also never changed things unless they got pushed back, unless it didn't, quote, become fun anymore. Like, they started out with, like, the strength cap for female characters, and the only reason that they got rid of it, not because it was stupid and they should have never done that. It's like, oh, well, people weren't having fun. It wasn't incentivizing people to play female characters. So we took it out because it just wasn't fun. I'm like, no, you shouldn't have put it in there in the first place because it's horribly sexist. But, um, yeah, sure, you take it out because it just wasn't fun to play, and you realize that after like three four years of it being published so like maybe it's just like a trend in the ttrpg space like people just don't take things out of the game unless you know there's a lot of pushback from it i don't know yeah there's no right answer uh, like it is what no. it is we have to accept that this is what happens when you have the intersection of art and commerce um that you're gonna be beholden to these masters and so you can vote with your wallet you can decide to keep you know buying this stuff and be mad about it which is still you're right you can be a hypocrite that's fucking <laughs> like i'm not your mom do what you want to do um ethics are hard just to begin ethics with are so hard <laughs> it's real hard ethical consumption full stop is really hard because it's like if you watch the good i don't know if anybody here has watched the good place yes i have seen the good place this is yeah, a very yeah. popular it, uh -huh. it's, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I i've met people who haven't so i felt the need to ask but for listeners who maybe haven't seen it this isn't really a spoiler. There is a huge theme, especially in later seasons, about ethical consumption and how in our like day and age, the modern age, it's nearly impossible to be an ethical consumer. Fully one hundred percent ethically. Like Yeah, fully a hundred percent ethical. Like, yeah, you could still make decisions like in a better way if you have all the in like all of the information. But even so, like it's it's just difficult sometimes. And that's completely understandable the example but... they use is really really powerful it's like go buy tomatoes like what could be wrong with buying tomatoes you, like you try to find a better brand yeah. but somewhere in that that chain of buying tomatoes is uh, is some 
awful, horrendous thing because of the world that we live in. Now, that doesn't like mean you should go support them. people who are awful, and if you can do better things, do better things. That's not a full free pass. Do whatever you want, no. in my opinion. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, if you're trying to say, well, like, what, which one is better? Well, we can't necessarily do that because there's always going to be some bad shit involved. Yeah. Um, Lissa, do you have anything else to say about this before we move on? Because otherwise we're just going to talk about how it's, everything is bad <laughs> for 20 minutes. Um, no, I, I mostly agree with what we've been discussing. And yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> do better, but also what are my expectations really <laughs> <laughs> right. that's very fair uh so moving on we have another new game and i know i hear you saying it again terry this is still the wrong section except there is a little bit of twist here so elden ring the tabletop rpg gets a release date but out in japan later in this month with no sign of an english language edition yet uh this comes from matt jarvis oh. over at Dicebreaker. um so we have the official release date it's coming out later this month it looks dope if you don't know elden ring was the newest gigantic action rpg released from the makers of dark souls uh it's a really badass game of thrones inspired dark world so you have all this uh dead world that you can explore and it's really really tough and you have to like survive from campfire to campfire taking on bosses learning little tiny bits of lore there's no like straightforward storytelling you learn everything about the world from from artifacts and like the descriptions of the of the items that you pick up or small bits of dialogue from bosses as you fight them but if you piece it together you can tell where george r r martin did some work on this game and there's lots of intricate political like melodrama happening in the background of these gods and bosses that you fight uh so it's really really cool and i was very excited for this rpg to be coming out because they're building it um kind of whole hog on its own it's it's separate from the english 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 language version of like the dark souls game that they came out with that notoriously has two different games um so this is going to be just its own trpg but we're not getting it here yet and there's no announcement for it and they never brought the other versions of the dark souls game here we got a fifth edition version um, but it was a different game, like I said. It was not yeah. uh, this Dark Souls RPG. It was the Dark Souls 5th uh, edition RPG. Different developers, different group, all together. Mm -hmm. um, and it looks really good. And I love uh, that we're finally getting a lot of these like classic um, TTRPGs from Japan that never got an English release. Uh, because it's this weird like circle of D&D &D and other tabletop RPGs from the West inspired JRPGs in the East, like like Final Fantasy, which are now inspiring RPGs. It, it, it's a really cool thing, but there's still this like disparate connection because not all of them are being translated. So you see something like this and like, ah, oh, Elden Ring is fucking huge here and we might not get this game. We might get a fifth edition version, you know, uh, but it's just, it's kind of sad because they're putting a shit ton of love into it. Um, they have over 700 pieces of equipment that are, have full stats and uh, that's very inspired by the game because if you don't know of the Souls-like games that are actually from that developer, 
every single weapon has its own animation in game uh, like some sort oh, of shit. yes exactly like a wholly original animation which is crazy not many games do that you that's, know yeah that's nuts yes it is and they take it to like the nth degree in elden ring which like everything has its own animation but they also have uh special abilities that you can kind of plug and play adding to those animations mm. <laughs> so like it just gets crazy and it's a very 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 cool game very cool setting and it just kind of makes me a little sad that i might not be able to play the the full game but uh what are your two thoughts on it uh, well i don't have a lot of uh eggs in the basket for elden ring specifically mm -hmm. i haven't jumped on that train but it is i can see why it would be disappointing for fans who were looking forward to this but they there's no us release the only like maybe silver lining is maybe they're releasing it first in japan to see how it holds up to like critical acclaim and like maybe it's just like one i don't know if they've play tested this or how extensively they play tested this so maybe they are play testing it first in japan with like the general population there and then they're going to do like a full English release after that because the English market they think is maybe bigger and more lucrative. I don't I don't really I don't know the business <laughs> side of TTRPGs that well. This but is like, it's pretty well playtested. They have three books okay. already scheduled. It hit the con circuit. It's uh, it's done its dues. That doesn't make much sense then. I don't know why. Because Elden Ring was huge when it came out here. Like, it was huge everywhere. So, like, I don't know from a business standpoint, even though I don't, I know jack shit about business, but, like, it doesn't make any sense that they wouldn't release well, it. Well, if they're not an English well, company, they don't have all that stuff. Well, true. I mean, I mean, like, from what I can gather, I feel like this could be, like, a marketing ploy when you clearly like people will know that they released it in japan and mm -hmm. in japanese and people outside of there who don't speak japanese or can't read japanese can't play it so i feel like it could be sort of like a supply demand and sort of uh promising something to come and while like withholding said product for the people until they can do it and i i feel like it, it could also be like just logistically like it, that it, it was easier to just make it in japanese and they had it ready and yeah. you know to get it done like one at a time and then have like an international release and maybe those two ideas worked together so that you know like you delay a little bit get people more excited so when it actually does come out in english there's going to be like a little bit more hype to it just because even us, we are here talking about it and, you know, like creating that sort of hype, that discussion, getting it notoriety. And I, I don't know how much notoriety it mean it needs because, it, I mean, it's Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Like, right. Who, who, who in the game gaming sort of sphere doesn't know Elden Ring? But it's right. not But I mean, it's not Elden Ring, though. You got you to remember, this is a different developer for the TTRPG. Like, this, they just right. have a licensing deal. Like, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think it's a ploy, number one, because they never brought their Dark Souls game over. And number right. two, because this is just, it's a small company. The thing is, is like, they make Japanese role-playing games. They don't have a localization unit. They don't have a translation unit. They, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my, that's my point. It was like, I don't think it's ever coming because that there's no reason for them to do that. That's not what their company does. It isn't D and D with Hasbro money, right? Like this is a small. Right. Yeah. So they're, so, yeah. So they're, they're just doing what they know. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and, like, it's not surprising. Uh, it's just yeah. sad. <laughs> it's just sad for those who were looking forward to it and heard. But I mean, I mean, it's an it's an it's an opportunity for them to expand into English. Yeah, if, and if ever there into, was like a be larger one. market, if they wanted to. Yeah, but I guess for fans. Yeah, it, it might be a bit disappointing then. But listen, I think you're right, though. I think this, if, like, Dark Souls, a little bit more under the radar. It's still a huge game, but it still doesn't did not have the level of success that Elden Ring had. If they were yeah, ever Elden going Ring is, like, to... mainstream success. Exactly. If they were ever going to make that leap and start developing games for a Western audience, I think you're right. I think this this would be it um perfect opportunity yeah so here's the hoping right there's our there's our conjecture for the day there, fucking do it there might be i mean there might be a light at the end of the tunnel especially if people do talk about it and do pressure the company mm -hmm. not like in like a you must give this to us now the consumers kind <laughs> of way but just like oh no i'm disappointed like i would totally buy this if you did do an english version or if you partner with another company to outsource or just the translation or whatever so who knows? Like, I wouldn't close the door on it, but I mean, I also, you know, wouldn't get my hopes up. Because I don't trust companies full stop ever because capitalism is a hellscape. So 100%. But like I, like Lissa said, I think that this would be the one to do it for, you know, like I, I could see this being like, hey, maybe we do do this because the Dark Souls translation, it's a fan translation of the, mm -hmm. the JRPG, like notoriously blew up when the um the fifth edition book kind of came out kind of mm -hmm. crappily um they had to yeah. do the reissue and reprints which is still really good but the second that happened everyone's like hey there's a better version um of this game that is mm -hmm. that was made ground up to feel more like dark souls which i think the fifth edition version does a good job too but there was this whole wave of people who were like hey let's translate this and just get this pdf um so like there already is an audience for it but uh, in, in my opinion, I think the hope's already there a little bit, even aside from that company not doing this before, because JRPGs are, or not JRPGs, um, uh, TTRPGs are seeing a huge resurgence in Japan right now. They're more popular than they ever were globally, but including in Japan. Um, so maybe like we'll see this push, but we can go around in circles all day, but I just wanted you to know that I was crying about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, next right. up is like the the fucked up stories, so let's get into the oh yay yeah hey this this shit sucks before we have some uplifting ones. So this came from YouTube bringing this to my attention, but also they they wrote a pretty good uh, succinct story over at uh, Dicebreaker from Matt Jarvis. UK Games Expo 2023 apologizes after rejecting RPG over queer content. Um, Avery Alder's yeah. Dream Askew was blocked from appearing due to themes of sexuality or orientation, while J Dragon sleep sleep away uh reportedly saw its event description change to remove references to queerness um i haven't uh played dream askew but i have played sleep away that game is fucking awesome and a big success like why would you ever keep that out of your con um uh but to summarize the story a little bit uh these two games were scheduled to exhibit not even like hey can, are we allowed to do this and someone from uh the approver side of the expo said no you you can't reference uh sexuality 
um or representation in this and then same thing like you can you can post this here but we're going to remove this wording from it which they didn't tell um any of the sleepaway team they just did it they just removed the references to the word queer um from the description which is also pretty fucked up um this was from what i understand from uh the uk expo this was a unilateral decision this was just someone from their approver side this didn't come down from on high um but it's still pretty fucked up um do we want to talk more about this should i read more from the article what do we want to do here i'm just curious what their because obviously this is fucked up but like what were the reasons that they gave for rejecting it other than saying oh like it was rejected for themes of sexuality or orientation why is it against the guidelines of the expo is it against like some strange guideline from the company like so like why were the, they rejecting the themes of sexuality or orientation? The approver of this, who like had the eyes on it first, it was one of the. It's a little bit of ignorance there, like not understanding the difference between sexual orientation. Um, right. uh, you, you get what I'm saying, like uh, yeah. in in gender identity, uh, mm-hmm. like not understanding that like implying a sexual orientation and talking about sexually explicit things are two different things. So there was, there was that kind of blanketed bigotry at work there um, for that person. And then what UK Expo's message said, like what their response was, this person had a bad experience with a very sexually explicit game that wasn't supposed to be. So they were very sensitive to that. Um, And as, uh, as you know, people often are who have a closed minded they were just scared of anything that was different after that so they were like oh it's queer i don't want it like that's sexy it was basically what happened this wasn't uk expo's thing saying it but they still put this person in charge they're they're still culpable but right so it it is it is human error it's this one person who just is was ignorant in definitions of like the differences of things which yeah it doesn't make it you're right it doesn't make it better <laughs> like no it, it's, it's shitty it's a, i feel Go like ahead, people who work in just in general people who work with content that is like approved and they approve of like to enter into something so in this case a person who approved of like games coming in I feel like they need to be educated on like the things that are happening in society today. So whether that's like gender and sexuality, there are like so many cars and planes going by that it's ridiculous. I did hear um, that. It sounded like it was like leveling up behind you. Like I like thought you were about to go Super Saiyan for a minute. Like I'm, cool. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm Say trying that. to keep it so that like no, no, it was good. There's, there's it, it no added. background noise, but um, no. I think it, it keeps happening. Like- but. I like the headcanon that if there is something in the background for Lissa, it just means that she's leveled up. So yeah. she's what, hey. like 100 at this point? Like, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's keep that. But as I was saying, I just feel like, I'm, I mean, my personal opinion is everybody should educate themselves on, like, the right. difference between gender, sexuality, and, mm-hmm. like, how those come about and what is like a sensitive issue and what isn't a sensitive issue in my personal opinion but somebody who's in charge of like choosing games to be allowed to be played i feel like they they need to be educated on these things they need to be able to ask the right questions in order to gauge is this acceptable content to be shown 
to be used at the UK Games Expo. If they just automatically go, no, that's about, you know, sexuality and gender, and um, I'm uncomfortable with this, so I'm just going to say no on the basis that I have, I don't have enough information about this because I'm just scared for my job. That's I. That's not good enough for me. And this like, person wasn't even like. Then scared you're for their being job. discriminatory. Yeah, but, like then you're being discriminatory in a way. Like one hundred percent. Not even a yeah. way. I would say like they, they were just being discriminatory. Like this is this yeah. was not them going. Well, I, I think this might be close to the guidelines. This wasn't that, dude. Like they they say no. they're like. So in the email, um, that Arthur got, I'll read exactly from it. In the email I got with regards to Dream Askew's rejection, one of the organizers wrote, "We don't have game." Uh, that was like the, the 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 misprint there with themes of sexuality or orientation in in them at Expo. Um, so they're just conflating themes of sexuality and orientation with um, sexually explicit things, right? Which is just not the same ignorant. thing. No, it's not the same thing. It's super ignorant and very a harmful thing. And I just I also can't understand on the Expo's perspective why you have one person in charge of. Like and I don't think it was one person, but you have people with like unilateral authority, so they can yeah. like yeah, we like, like, have a team. Whoever opened that email could say no. Yeah, it's like why I would always want to get a second opinion if like something rubbed me the wrong way. If I was in charge of content for something, and some I I would want to pass it by somebody else. Be like, hey, am I reading into this too much? Like, is is my are my biases getting in the way of this? Like I would want like one, two, even three additional opinions before I would want to like, <laughs> like but ban it, anybody or make any decision like that. But if it's, if it's, it's human your, error is a thing. If it's your job to do that, then you are the one sole decider and that's, that's like your job. So you shouldn't have to need to run it through multiple people because I'm sure they get like multiple like people asking can i run this can i submit this for this Word. like you you can't run it through three people every time you have you know ten thousand like submissions like you, there's just not that time to go through three people mm -hmm. so it has to be one person makes that decision knowing what the rules are knowing what they what content they want what games they want and then knowing you know what would be beneficial for them they and sure then they like say they yes they or no based on that yes exactly like they sure seemed like they thought they knew well, we don't have those games at expo this is like basically they're saying like this is not a queer friendly space uh so get out of here and uk expo is like oh this is bad like yeah no shit but you put put that person in charge like you like like you mentioned before if they don't teach them um, which I don't think that you should have to, but if, if you're hiring people that are doing these things, then you do have to teach them. And if you're not mm -hmm. taking that time to teach them, then you're saying it's okay if they make this poor decision. Like, all the blame is going down on this person, which most of it should be. Like, they, they are ignorant and bigoted, and that's part of the problem. But a lot of it needs to go on to the UK Expo as well that, that Alyssa said. Like, there's no organizers here saying, hey... This is the difference between these things. Uh, you need to be able to approve at this level. We're going to get a lot of games from a lot of queer creators, and they need to feel safe doing so. The fact that that's not there and that wasn't a priority is why this happened, right? Like yeah. you, you can account for individual bigotry 
if you try, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. um, and they didn't do that. So a lot of the blame can be put on that person and a lot of that blame should be. But also, like, we can't just let the UK Expo off the hook and say, Absolutely not. oh, well, it was on them and we, we want them here. Like, well, you should have fucking thought about that and educated your people. Mm-hmm. So it's just it, it's frustrating all around. Let's let's keep going into this uh, just a little bit. So as per Alder's own summary of Dream Askew, the RPG depicts queer strife amid the collapse. The game cast players as the members of a queer enclave in the apocalyptic setting who must work together to survive in the face of society's collapse. The emergence of strange psychic forces and gangs roaming around the wasteland. The relationships between the members of the group, be it simple solidarity or something more involved or romantic like love, are typically central to the stories told by the RPG. Uh, Arthur's live sessions of uh, Sleepaway was successfully accepted for a Friday afternoon slot during UK Expo, but later saw its event description reportedly modified so that references to queerness were removed. So this was the second issue. Uh, Dra- uh, Dragon's RPG, which uses the diceless GM list belonging outside belonging system, seen in Alder's Dream Askew, puts players in the role of leaders of a summer camp besieged by shape-shifting monsters called the Linworm. Um, like I said, I haven't played Dream Askew, have played um, Sleepaway, fucking love Sleepaway, very excited for Dream Askew, which is like, in my opinion, a little bit of a more... Uh, I wouldn't say more involved setting or like sleep away. It could just be any sleep away camp. Right. And the Linworm's yeah. there. You're telling stories. Um, but this one's like, Oh no, there's lore in this setting. There's cool shit going on. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, very excited for it. And I think it would have been awesome at the show. And I think it's still going to be there. But like, if I were Arthur or J dragon, like, would you want your games to be there anymore? Cause I feel like you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, right? Like you need it to be yeah. there to get more eyes on it. Cause these are small yeah. indie games. This is not pathfinder level. Like I only heard about this cause I listened to a podcast called one shot, go check it out. Um, and they've played these games, um, and they're fucking awesome. So I can go buy a one sheeter or whatever, but most people haven't heard of sleep away. So you need to go to these expos, but when they're treating your games like this and treating, you know, people that you care about like this and a whole group of people, you know, just excluding them, even by accident. It's so hard because to succeed, you need to be there. But to, like, show your support, it's like you don't want to be there. I don't, I just, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know what the answer is. And it's, it sucks. I'd love to hear what you two think. I think it's, I think you're right. It's a hard decision, but it's a decision that whoever is marketing this game, the company who made the game, the person who made the game, it's a personal choice. It's do it's it comes down to their their ethics, their bottom line. Like, are are you able to overlook a really awful like first introduction to this expo in order to market your game? Or could you just say fuck it and never work with them again? Right. It it really depends yeah. what their goals are and what is more important in that moment not necessarily what's more important overall because i think we can say like if it was an option and money wasn't an option at all like fuck it don't associate with anybody like this but if you want your game to be marketable to be profitable sometimes you've gotta which is sucky it definitely is it, it really depends on the person and what they want for this game or just what they want out of this situation. Lisa, what do you think? I I agree with Charday. I don't I don't necessarily know that I have anything 
else to add that's okay and, that, and but yeah. you don't have to have an answer either right like we're not yeah. making this decision and i don't think we could solve exactly. the problem either i just it, it it's really frustrating and specifically like not only is is this bigoted which i think is the biggest issue here yeah but these are two games that people probably wouldn't have heard of otherwise which sucks that this is the this is your introduction to this game you know this is the story yeah. that you hear about the first time you hear about Sleepaway or dream askew like i I, it's just kind of heartbreaking because th this story will always be here now. This is always going to be one of the bigger moments in this game, unless it gets bigger. And I hope it does because GMless games are awesome. These two games, games created by queer creators for queer people are really awesome. And I, it's just kind of heartbreaking that this is yeah. uh, one of the first big introductions people are going to see. Um, but to, to, to finish out the article, so the way that they described, uh, the book, it, it was, uh, a horror game of belonging outside of belonging about a group of summer camp counselors protecting their queer youth from a monstrous cryptid. Um, Arthur is quoted as saying, I am pretty sure I described the game as a queer horror RPG on summer camp shenanigans and exploration of identity, but the word queer was removed in the published version of the event. Arthur recalled. Um, Sleepaway's full entry on the UK Games Expo site draws directly from the game's overview on Possum Creek site, but omits the opening section referencing its queer themes. Um, they they just like left that out of their description. I'm not going to read it all over again. Um, but uh, what UK Expo's uh, general attendee terms, which apply to all visitors, exhibitors, and staff, state that intolerance due to gender, race, religion, and sexual orientation is unacceptable and would not be tolerated at UK Games Expo. So they were breaking their own rules by this omission here. Um, so I I don't know quite what else to say. I'll, I'll read the apology that UK Games Expo um you know, put on their Twitter, which is two errors were made and run up to this year's UKGE. Firstly, an RPG scenario that was rejected prior to this year's show due to subject slash theme of sexual orientation. Secondly, new GMs did not receive their volunteer orientation training. Uh, like they, they listed these together. Like they were on the same level, <laughs> which like they're both bad, right? Like, you, like th that's an important thing. Like you need to preempt your GMs and knowing how to deal with these people at this, uh, you know, expo and, you know, whether that be training, like we talked about, uh, like Lissa mentioned, which is like, Hey, you're going to have people that maybe you don't normally interact with. And they're going to be here at this, this expo. You need to be able to handle a crowd. You like little things that you need to know as a GM, GMing in public, but they, they said that like at the same breath of, Hey, also we were pretty bigoted yesterday. Um, <laughs> 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 like like those are not the same level and i think that was kind of yeah. a disservice to the entire situation and everybody involved and i um i can't believe they did that so they they have a, a message they're like on the first matter we have reviewed the email chain between the rpg manager and the individual submitting the game and have found that this is true ukge does not accept scenarios containing sexual content due to the past experience of this type of content causing distress and upset to players however this does not extend to sexual orientation the volunteer made an error of judgment in conflating the two and ukge offers our unreserved uh, apologies to the gm so that's good like that that's so a good they, apology so the but... person so the person who rejected it was a volunteer, not somebody who worked there. No. It was a volunteer, and they didn't do training of the volunteers, right. which is why that comes in. But oh they but they God. sent they it to. Have a position of authority. 
place where they shouldn't have as a volunteer. Right, but they're they're still so it it is not our policy to censor based on sexual orientation, and we failed the GM by rejecting the scenario in the volunteer by not giving sufficient support and advice. The volunteer was oversensitive to an incident that occurred in 2019 and stepped over a line. We've always uh, tried to be inclusive and diverse. Uh, convention welcoming all. Sometimes we make mistakes, and this one was one such time. On the second matter, this was an error in administration where two people each thought the other had dealt with the matter, and so the training was not set on the administration system. It only affected the new GMs, but this was still a mistake on our part, and we are updating our computer system to ensure it cannot happen again. We hope you understand that running a large and complex event, we do make mistakes, but we will also try to learn from them and do better in the future. So the thing is, is the way that I'm reading this, and maybe I'm confused, they're saying they didn't send out the GM training to the GMs, but this volunteer wasn't a GM. They wouldn't have gotten no. this training. That, that like that was not an excuse for why that first incident happened. These were two separate things. They're like, oh, we should have did that too. Am I crazy? Yeah, Am I? Yeah, no, you're not crazy. Okay. Like it just the volunteer doesn't like. Yeah, I'm sure there are a bunch of volunteer GMs, DMs. Sure, but, but they're not talking about the same type of training. They're not talking yeah, about what Lissa said they should yeah. have done, which is train people to be able to understand I'm, the differences. Yeah, I'm so. Are they confused? Like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> This is two separate incidents. I don't. Okay. Okay. Sure, Jan. Just. <laughs> uh, I would say they tried, but it doesn't sound like they did. No. And the thing, like, I think this speaks to a larger issue, which is a lot of these expos go off volunteers hoping to eventually join the organization and you're just exploiting people for their labor. And I don't need yep. to get into my, you know, hammer and sickle talk right now, but, uh, come on <laughs> you know yeah. like this is what happens when you're leading on a bunch of volunteers to to make an expo which people will have fun with but will eventually just make one person a lot of money so yeah. i i think there's a lot of issues there but also like these aren't excuses like no. that's fucking stupid it shouldn't have happened and it did happen and i don't think that apology is enough um give them the main stage fucking you know put them put them up somewhere where they wouldn't have had the same sights they're their little um, exposition that would have happened where like they got an hour with like a few sites, put it on the main page, put it on the main stage right next to whatever D and D shit was going to be on display. Fucking, if you want to make it right, make it right. An apology isn't going to yeah. fix shit. Nope. Yeah. Like Put your money where your mouth is. Yes, exactly. Fucking give them some of the money from the expo. Like, Otherwise, listen, you'd be surprised. People say that money doesn't fix shit. You'd be surprised. Oh, it fixes so much. The only people who say money doesn't fix shit are people who, like, have a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. It's like the same people who say money can't buy happiness. Are you sure? Or make a lot less stressed. <laughs> or th th this is not even, in, in theory, yes, it's money, but it's not actual money. Give them a ticket, a free ticket to the next expo so that they can right the wrong. Yeah, you know, put, put them like put them up big in, at the next one. You know, you know, yeah. give them some of the standee stuff that you would have devoted to other games, and and really do it. However, like I don't know, like I feel like a lot of people might not go next year because of this. I don't think it's going to be to the extreme, but I, I still think they're going to lose people over this. And like we mentioned before, they you know these two games might not want to be at the next one. So yeah. But yeah, I think that's a good idea, Lissa. If I can put them up, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I, I don't. I don't have a lot of hope, but 
Uh, let's move on to some uplifting news before we close out the show. Um, this came actually from our community, uh, and there, there's a really good write-up from Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker, but I do want to shout out the actual messages that we got telling the story. Lissa was like, hey, Terry, go fucking read this. Um, it's awesome, and you were not wrong. So let me pull up the actual names from everybody who spotlighted this. Lissa, do you know where you sent that uh, story first when you were like, hey, check this out? Uh, which story are we talking about? The Battletech community um, Reddit story. I would assume it's somewhere on our Discord. Well, yeah, no shit. That's <laughs> on our di- Listen here. You're welcome. You're fired. So Get out of here. Um, this comes from Ray Creveling from our, uh, um, our Patreon. Uh, Ray sent this really good summary and I'm going to actually read their summary and then I'm going to read the article. Um, so Ray, I'm going to quote you directly. Thank you so much for, for the story. Uh, Hey peeps, I'm not sure where else to pass this along, but the battle deck community had a bit of drama this weekend. The best part is catalyst and the community rallied in a positive way, less an RPG than a war game. I wanted to give props to catalyst and the B tech community as a whole for the way they handled a situation in the battle tech community this weekend. Here's the short version, a pride and thought, was released for Battletech and the mods of r slash Battletech kept deleting posts of it. Then the official Battletech Facebook posted it and made it clear it was supported and the mod, uh, the mods scrambled at this and the sub is now private. Catalyst came in and started a new official Battletech subreddit with rule number one being Battletech is for everyone. The owner of the original Battletech sub who had been inactive long ago has now reclaimed the sub and kicked the problematic mod team. It's great seeing a wargaming community pushing for inclusivity. Um, and that really is the the gist of it. I'm going to put a link to um, the the Battletech article so you can read a little bit more in depth from Chase Carter as well as the Kickstarter um, for uh, the the project in question and some more news. But uh, I've played Battletech. It is definitely more war game than, than RPG, but there are some really cool RPG add-ons that you can do for Battletech if you want to have it play a little bit closer to D&D with mechs. Um, the combat is really neat. It's really granular. Like, you can shoot off an arm or a leg of your mech. And uh, having some rainbow-colored mechs and making it a little bit more inclusive is fucking awesome. And I love hearing a wholesome story of people being like, no, fuck you, this isn't okay. And the uh, like the, the creators of the games being like, hey, we support this shit. Go fall in a hole. Um, I really, really dig that. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of when Metallica was super excited about like new people coming from Stranger Things and getting a more diverse uh, yeah. popularity uh, for their music. And like old metalheads who were super racist are like, "Hey, you, you guys used to be racist. This was our thing." And they're like, "Hey, listen, we've grown. Anybody is allowed to listen to Metallica. Shut the fuck up." Um, <laughs> and I, I can appreciate that and I can appreciate the growth, yeah. um, and, and sticking it to people that are trying to, uh, keep people out of the game for whatever reason. So, uh, mm-hmm. thank you again, Ray. I, that made me cry the other day when you sent this Aww. message and then I was like, listen, I was like, you need to reply. I'm like, I'm going to reply. Give me a minute. I'm working through you some stuff. Uh, it's just nice to see like little like flickers of hope within humanity on occasion. Cause like. I feel like a lot of the news we cover here, like, yeah, we cover a lot of, like, good games and new games that are coming out, but a lot of the times, like, the news that's coming out in the TTRPG space is, is not great. <laughs> so yes, exactly. This is, like, an, this is a, a lovely little, like, ho- story of hope that there are yeah. there's still good people. There are still good people with power. Like, even if it is, like, 
Reddit mods, which like don't have a lot of power in the overarching like world space, but like mm-hmm. in their community mm-hmm. they do. And they exercise that power in a good way and they listen to their community. And that's such a nice thing. It really is. Listen, what what are your thoughts over here on this? And, and thank you again for bringing it to my attention. I really appreciated it. With the flights going above me, uh, featuring <laughs> airplanes. Let the airplanes speak, Lissa. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> no, I'm censoring the airplanes. Uh, not allowed to speak. They don't. They don't. They don't get a voice. Wow. Yikes. Um. Yeah, I, I, I think that like I think it's great that we we got wind of this because I feel like when good things happen, specifically in like smaller communities, mm-hmm. it's it's sometimes overlooked and it's because it's it's like it's sort of like that whole thing where like, you know, when things are going normally like it fades into the background and then when it, things go really wrong then it's something worth noticing. Yeah. And I feel like that's sort of what the case is with getting bad stories or like drama going on in different spheres. But I feel like it's nice every now and then to have a good story to yeah. <laughs> talk about. It really is. And go check out this fanzine. I'm super excited to check it out. Like, so, I mean, when it comes to, to fan content, I, I always love seeing, I, I love seeing the love around it. You know what I mean? Like, I love this game so much that I'm going to create yeah. stories about it. Especially something where, like, the story of Battletech is so thin. Like, it is not one ripe for, for storytelling. And uh, to make one for Pride Month, this is really fucking cool. Um, I'm excited to check it out. Um, it kind of inspired me to get out all my old Battletech stuff. So, um, I'm thinking I'm going to be, uh, running some of those games. So thank you very much for this. Uh, I want to give the shout out before I go in. If not, I can't find it. I'm going to edit it in here. Um, for the actual name of the fanzine though. Um, so it's like a, it's a pride anthology fanzine, but I having trouble finding the link for it. Uh, Oh, there it is. I got it here. Battletech pride anthology, 2023 pride anthology is a fanzine celebrating the diversity and inclusiveness of Battletech. It features five short stories from LGBTQ folks for LGBTQ folks and people hoping to read more queer oriented stories set in the Battletech universe story index. You have masquerade by Robin Brezano small by Albert Ross test drive by Alan Nicoloy dragon slayer by Mila uh, Kaponen Old Wounds, Old Words by Russell Zimmerman. Um, Cover art by Samantha Richardson. Pride Celebration art by Jordan Bowlby. This is the first Pride anthology released in Pride Month 2023. Uh, There's going to be more, so go check it out. Like I said, I'm going to put the link to it. Um, I'm pretty sure it's free, so. I just need to know if Mila Koponen is finished because, hello. Mila Koponen. It sounds very Finnish. She could be. There is a possibility. <laughs> I mean, listen, you would know, right? Like, like... yeah. I mean, you're our her name. Her name is you. very Finnish. I don't know if she's Finnish. Uh, well, either way, she's cool name, right? Finish. Like, uh, yeah. um, this is it's a pretty it's a pretty thick uh, PDF. You got about eighty pages worth of content there. So go check that out. Um, with some cool story prompts in there. Maybe you want to use this in your actual Battletech game. I can't be the only one who adds uh, RPG elements on top of the original game. Um, my old Battletech game actually moved to Lancer, um, but uh, just be- because there was more uh, 
role-playing elements in it, but I might need to switch back because that's fucking cool and I want to support it. Um, moving on, uh, sadly, we can't stay in all the love forever. Pathfinder's maker, Pathfinder Maker's open RPG creative license enters final draft and feedback period. This comes from Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker. This is your last chance to submit corrections and comments before the license heads to the U.S. Library of Congress. Tabletop RPG Publishers Paizo re recently released the third version of its open RPG creative license, or ORC, license and asked for a final round of community feedback before the document is made immutable. The license is a legal response to designer and player outcry over Wizards of the Coast disastrous handling of its own open gaming license. We've covered here uh, a lot earlier this year and garnered support from dozens of other RPG publishers. Uh, it can be read in full. I'll have the link there. Um, I, I think this is now at the level of if you're not a lawyer or just like deeply embedded in what this is supposed to be. Um, I don't know how much more you could add to it. People seem pretty happy with this third version from what I understand. Uh, I, I think it looks good, but I am just a dumb guy. So, um, so <laughs> if there's something else the you, you think, or you see issue with, go post it there and then let us know too, what you think of it. Um, are you too excited that this is finally ready to go? I know a lot of creators are. I mean, I have I've been tracking the progress, but I haven't really looked at any of the drafts. <laughs> so I have no idea. But I do like I'm I'm like a good I I love the uh, back and forth of the community on it and i will always support that <laughs> yeah and it's been pretty like they, they put their money where their mouth was with this like there was a couple issues with that first version they were like oh yeah no like like we're trying to do the right thing it reminds me a lot of when uh cortex always got to mention cortex when they released their um their license it they accidentally said that they were claiming people's games if you made it from the license and it was just a typo and they're like hey this is kind of fucked up they're like oh hey we didn't mean that and they reprinted everything so like that so that license wasn't like that yeah um and this is like that times a thousand and there's so many people that have signed up for this license saying hey you're gonna be able to use our shit to make your own shit and that's okay as long as we can still sell our shit. Um, yeah. And I think this is just uh, one step closer to a full open gaming community, which is really cool. Um, I wish there was a way for everyone to make boatloads of money and everyone to be happy, but there isn't. So the fact that people are going, hey, I might lose money by not fucking over anybody who wants to make a game based off my game is sweet. Honestly, I, I don't know how else to put it, but it like it warms my heart in a similar fashion that all these games are like, hey, we don't want to do what D and D did ever again. So, uh, <laughs> like it's just like pretty like shots across the bow, but like deservedly so. So yeah, yeah it's well yeah. deserved. Like it's good shot. It's a great shot, even <laughs> exactly. And I, I again, they put their money where their mouth is. I like that they're doing this. I'm excited, uh, and I'm definitely going to buy many of the games listed under this license of people who have signed up for and people are going to sign up shit in the future so it's pretty exciting um anything else to add before we move on to our final story of the evening nope i'm good all right so the final story this is our bardic inspiration section where we talk about all of the things ttrpgs have inspired away from the gaming table um and this week specifically the gaming computer Baldur's Gate 3 adds Jason Isaacs. This story comes from comicbook.com. Um, and if you watched the uh, Summer Game Fest, uh, Jeff Keighley's uh, E3 replacement, they talked about Jason Isaacs appearing for Baldur's Gate, playing the bad guy on stage, Lord Enver Gortash. 
um, the creator of the Automaton Steel Watchers, who are tasked with protecting Baldur's Gate and the upcoming Dungeons and Dragons video game, uh, which is pretty exciting. They also mentioned on stage and in this article from Christian Hoffer. Christian Hoffer, uh, I love seeing it. Uh, I, if it's not from Dicebreaker, it's from Christian Hoffer, right? When it comes to our stories. <laughs> Just some of the best uh, TTRPG coverage. But uh, they also said that uh, they're going to hit the August release date for PC and PlayStation 5, uh, which is really exciting because this, this development has taken forever, and I've played it at every stage a little bit here and there through Steam and some releases better than others. Uh, so I'm excited that they're finally going to be like, hey, 1.0, it's on track. You're going to be able to play it in completion in August, which is really cool. Do I believe it? I don't know. Larian Studios uh, always kills it, but I'm still nervous. Um, I've yeah. had a, I've had many crashes and stuff, so we'll Aww. see. But I mean, but again, the game's not complete. I'm not mad at them for, you know, playing the incomplete game and it, you know, and it crashes or whatever. I just hope that they they polish all of that before it releases. Um, I hope so. Yes. Uh but uh Isaacs, if you don't know, uh, Malfoy's dad from Harry Potter, if you've seen any of those fucking movies. <laughs> He's been in lots of other things, but that's what I remember him from. That, I mean, I know him, yeah, Lucius Malfoy. I know him as Captain Hook from, like, the early 2000s, Peter Pan. I don't know if I saw remake. that one. Oh, so good. Um, he's also in the newest season of The Great as the Great Ghost, <laughs> which right. is if you haven't watched The Great, do it because it's a great show and he's amazing in it. He's like living his best life. He's like a villain, but a comedic villain. Like Jason Isaacs just he seems like if you see interviews with him, he seems just like the nicest guy. But then he plays the best villains like that you've ever like he's just one of those people that just gets villains and can just do them so well. So the fact that they got Jason Isaacs to do a big villain in the Baldur's Gate game, it just makes sense. I don't think I've ever heard of Jason Isaacs being in a video game before. Not so this maybe is, some random Harry Potter random. game, right? Like maybe some other maybe. video or I don't know if but... they, yeah, I don't know if they ever had the actor's voice over the characters in the games, but they might have. Well, not so for the Harry Potter Lego games. They don't have, they didn't have them come back in. They just used dialogue from the movies. Um, oh, okay. so they, they have some credits in, in some video games, but, uh, yeah. um, and he's joining JK Simmons who plays a general Catherick yeah. Thorne, uh, which I don't know, maybe a bad guy, uh, you know, like know. He, it remains to be seen. Yeah. I don't, I haven't played any of the Baldur's Gate game. I've seen clips of it, but I haven't yeah. played any of it yet. And I'm waiting for that Xbox release Larian. Uh, don't wait Get for it. That. Don't wait for I it. I am. You're not going to. They gonna... said there. They said it's coming. But it's not for you. You have an Xbox One. No, I do. I bought a new Xbox. I oh, Xbox. oh, yeah. well, la ti da. So, yeah, I, I bought it for as a early 30th birthday present to myself. Nice. <laughs> so I was like, fuck it. I'm getting a new Xbox in preparation mostly for a lot of games is... that are coming out. Right. It is, uh, is crossplay coming to Baldur's Gate? I, that's a great question. Probably for PC, I would imagine, well, but I, I would not hold my breath for PlayStation. If well, that's what crossplay means. Crossplay means crossing to different platforms. Well, yeah, I know. I just know that PlayStation is a little bitch when it comes to crossplay. I mean, they have crossplay yeah. in a lot of things. But not like it, it took a really long time because I, re I remember yes, like wanting but... to play. Um, uh, what was the game? I forget what game it was, but I had a friend who had a PlayStation 4 
and they wanted to um, play a game with me, but it didn't support crossplay on Xbox or PC. And it, it was a while ago, so I they could have very well changed it, but that always left a bad taste in my mouth. Yes, <laughs> like, things have changed since you know five years ago. Uh, but <laughs> true, but like, I'm still I'm always I I will always be an Xbox stand in general, so I just have against PlayStation bias. <laughs> that, that that's fine uh, if if not uneducated. Um, but also, uh, Sharda can't tell time. Uh, sure. She's in a time soup. So five years ago could have been yesterday. Right. That's right. very true. It could have been yesterday. Well, That's I'll just tell you as as a pundit for, for video games uh, that many, many games on PlayStation have full cross-play uh, support. That's um, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear it because last time I knew about it, they did not. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm not seeing anything about cross-play. I, I am seeing... Oh cross-platform progression so you can jump your character around so if there's that yes, there might be other ones popular. so as a patch yeah, yeah. nine direct connection works between steam gog pc and mac so if you're on you know pc it seems like you can you can okay. hit up each other so um uh, let me see yeah, if they've given an answer on, yeah I, pr I probably won't get it on pc i'll be getting it on console whenever it comes out but interesting they will introduce cross play at some point because that would be rad <laughs> it looks like like there's not going to be it, it mostly split screen co-op is, is what they have here for multiplayer that's what period. they had for um that's what i hear they did for divinity original sin 2 on console it was really big in the split screen yeah but even then like like uh like you know it still came out on pc being able to do it but uh well yeah 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 that's yeah i meant more for consoles like consoles thrived more in like the like two people on a couch having a split screen and pcs obviously like more online co-op stuff i can you i can you do both now on consoles i have never played the console version of divinity 2 i've never played the console version either so i could not tell you but i do i have a mutual on twitter we were talking about divinity and um she said she was playing it like with her partner on the couch so mm -hmm. yeah so it looks I like it it might not be a, an issue anyways so um split screen co-op across the entire adventure yes cross save progression full dual sense uh support so you might just not have multiplayer not on the same you know system at all no matter what platform you're on yeah so PlayStation could play with PlayStation, Xbox could play with Xbox. No, 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 like, like, not, no, 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 like, like, you can only play on the same screen is what I'm saying. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 gotcha, gotcha, but, I mean, it, not on PC, though, because that wouldn't work. Yeah, right? what, do you, yeah, you, I've played tons of split-screen games on my computer. Really? Yeah. Oh, you, ho you hook up, like, a, um, do you hook up, like, a controller? If it's a controller game or a second keyboard and mouse, these are things and that you I've can do. You... Had such, I know, I've just always had such tiny ass computer screens, so like my mind cannot <laughs> wrap around that at all to play games. I mean, listen, I have three screens on my computer, so I know, even I if it's tiny, one. I just I know exactly. <laughs> you could have did that for yourself. You could have one person playing on one screen and one person playing on another. Yeah, that would require friends. Listen, it's, it sounds like we've actually hit the real issue you have <laughs> the with, real issue with understanding how multiplayer <laughs> works, is that the, the, the multi aspect of the player. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I need to get to the bottom of how uh, how, how it works. Uh, now I'm really, really curious, but you don't need to be here for my curiosity. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you like this, head on over to campykillcreations.com. Check out all of our other podcasts. You can find us also if you want to do super supportive things. You can head on over to patreon.com slash campykillcreations. Drop a buck or two. Get this show early. Get other shows early. Get bonus content. Lots of cool things. Shard Age's lore rewrites. Uh, did you announce what this mm -hmm. month's one is going to be yet? 
Uh, no, but it's coming out later today. So ah. I guess I can announce it right now because this will be published after. But I'm doing a unicorn adjacent rewrite. I'm like writing a little tiny retelling of the unicorn capture myth. And you're just doing the preview, right? Uh, or are you you're doing the full release uh, today? Preview because I need yeah. notes from you. And That's what I was gonna say. Like I have notes <laughs> to send you. That's why I was like, I have stuff to That's send you. Um, I was like, my my, I, I was like, yeah, I know you're you're leaving for LA soon. But I was like, but I didn't hit the deadline. You told me the date. I, I have it marked on yeah, my calendar. Yeah. Your deadline is Sunday, preferably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you just got making it. sure. I was like, listen, like, I I have my yeah. schedule going. I'm good. Uh, but I'm excited for it. And also, I love the art that I made for this one. I don't get cocky about my art too often, but. It's real cool. Thank you. I'm very proud of that one. When you like, Normally, it takes me like a month to do a lot of this because like, I'm working on other <laughs> stuff. But you were like, you draw a unicorn. I'm like, I can draw a fucking unicorn. I can, I can get that out today. I got that in my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and if you want to see other stuff I've drawn and, and other stories I do, you can check out all of my comic books. Uh some of the stuff's on campykillcreations.com. You can check my one shot growing up. But if you want to find my comic books in stores, you can look for T.S. Luther is my pen name. Uh, go check it out over there. I actually met my first fan for my comic book um, at my kid's school. Uh, one of the teachers had, had mentioned Aww. to another mom, and she went and bought my comic, and her kid loves it. And I fucking cried on this field trip yesterday. This little boy comes up and he goes, you wrote my favorite Aww. comic. And he gave me a hug. So shout out to Sebastian. Uh, if you want to know, I cried. <laughs> so... Aww. A good cry, though. A good cry, though. It was a great cry, but it still cries. was not expecting it. And, and Kari's, yeah. Kari, my, my daughter, was laughing at me. She was like, Dad, lots of people read it. I was like, lots of people do not read it, honey. <laughs> <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was that was pretty cool. Um, yes, yeah, so you can go check that out. I'm at Resident Stevel on Twitter. Um, and you can find this podcast at Cajol's Pod on Twitter. Um, I'm also at Resident Evil on fucking everything else or at Campy Kill Creations and everything else. So if you want to find us elsewhere, you can. Um, Lisa, where can the people find you online? I do not exist again. Uh, I've been over that. this. Wait, we, we've been over this, but uh, Cape Trolls has a Twitter account uh, at Cape Trolls Pod. And the Slovenly Trolls have an Instagram at Slovenly Trolls where I will be posting very soon because I've been, I mean, the account has been because i don't exist uh <laughs> will be posting very soon because it has been dormant for a little bit <laughs> for no reason <laughs> at all that's okay uh posting on on social media is for people without social anxiety Charday, where can the people find you online well weird thing i have social anxiety but i also post online because i have to <laughs> podcast so you could find me as one half of the Slovenly Trolls podcast, which where we talk about D&D &D and its problematic past and learn how to do better. And also, I run the Slovenly Trolls Twitter and post there, even though I have social anxiety, at Slovenly Trolls. And occasionally on TikTok when I feel like it, also at Slovenly Trolls. Dope. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We're sorry. We've been the K-Trolls and we're out. All right. Once again, we have that special time where we get to thank our Patreon producers. Right now, we have Kim Winson, Jeremy Raymond, The Lorax, and Trellbot. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on, the mics rolling. You keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets, and you keep us having fun on the mic. Thank you so much.